Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. We come today to day 116 and Exodus 25. Uh, This will give us the directions for the construction of the tabernacle. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and what it reveals to us about yourself, about your character, about your will, about your worship. We pray that as you speak to us uh, through Exodus 25, Father, today, that you would change our hearts and write your truth on our hearts and compel us by your spirit to, to see anew your holiness and your glory and your gospel and help us to worship you rightly in spirit and in truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Exodus 25. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the people of Israel that they take for me a contribution. From every man whose heart moves him, you shall receive the contribution for me. And this is the contribution you shall receive from them. Gold, silver, and bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarns, and fine twined linen, goat's hair, tanned ram's skins, goat skins, acacia wood, oil for the lamps, spices for the anointing oil, and for fragrant incense, onyx stones, and stones for setting, for the ephod, and for the breastpiece, and let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell in their midst. Exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and of all its furniture, so you shall make it. They shall make an ark of acacia wood. Two cubits and a half shall be its length, a cubit and a half its breadth, and a cubit and a half its height. You shall overlay it with pure gold. Inside and outside you shall overlay it. You shall make on it a molding of gold around it. You shall cast four rings of gold for it and put them on its four feet. Two rings on the one side of it and two rings on the other side of it. You shall make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. And you shall put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry the ark by them. The poles shall remain in the rings of the ark. They shall not be taken from it. And you shall put into the ark the testimony that I shall give you. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be its length, and a cubit and a half its breadth. And you shall make two cherubim of gold, of hammered work you shall make them on the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub on the one end, and one cherub on the other end. Of one piece with the mercy seat shall you make the cherub on its two ends. The cherubim shall spread out their wings above, overshadowing the mercy seat with their wings, their faces one to another, toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubim be. And you shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I shall give you. There I will meet with you. And from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim that are on the ark of the testimony, I will speak with you about all that I will give you in commandment for the people of Israel. You shall make a table of acacia wood. Two cubits shall be its length, a cubit its breadth, and a cubit and a half its height. You shall overlay it with pure gold and make a molding of gold around it. 
and you shall make a rim around it, a hand breadth wide, and a molding of gold around the rim. And you shall make for it four rings of gold, and fasten the rings to the four corners at its four legs. Close to the frame the rings shall lie, as holders for the poles to carry the table. You shall make the poles of acacia wood, and overlay them with gold, and the table shall be carried with these. And you shall make its plates and dishes for incense, and its flagons and bowls with which to pour drink offerings. You shall make them of pure gold, and you shall set the bread of the presence on the table before me regularly. You shall make a lampstand of pure gold. The lampstand shall be made of hammered work, its base, its stem, its cups, its calices, and its flowers shall be of one piece with it, and there shall be six branches going out of its sides, three branches of the lampstand on the one side, and three branches of the lampstand on the other side, three cups made like almond blossoms, each with calyx and flower on one branch, and three cups made like almond blossoms, each with calyx and flower on the other branch, so for the six branches going out of the lampstand, and on the lampstand itself, there shall be four cups made like almond blossoms with their calices and flowers, and a calyx of one piece with it under each pair of the six branches going out from the lampstand. Their calices and their branches shall be of one piece with it, the whole of it a single piece of hammered work of pure gold. You shall make seven lamps for it, and the lamps shall be set up so as to give light on the space in front of it. Its tongs and their trays shall be of pure gold. It shall be made with all these utensils out of a talent of pure gold. And see that you make them after the pattern for them, which is being shown you on the mountain. That's Exodus 25 in the English Standard Version. And as always, we're using ESV.org from Crossway for our on-screen text display. So this is the God's instructions for the building of the tabernacle. And the first thing that we see is that the tabernacle is to be built with the contributions from the people as every man's heart shall move him, right? Every man's heart who moves him shall receive the contribution. Or from every man's heart who moves him, he shall receive the contribution. The giving for the worship of God is not to be compulsory. There were other tithes and taxes and things that were compulsory, but for the worship of God, what we bring and what we give is to be from the heart as the Spirit moves and as we respond to the Spirit and as we from the heart want to give. So God wants our hearts in worship and contributions that are made for worship, you know, for building of a church uh, equipping of a, of a sanctuary, uh, giving of worship, those kinds of practical contributions. I think there's a biblical principle at work here that they should be freely given from the people uh, as, a, as a voluntary contribution from the heart. Uh, and, and they're going to need precious things, gold, silver, and bronze. They're going to need blue, purple, and scarlet yarn. They're going to need goat's hair and tanned ram skins and all these things that need to be given for this sanctuary. A sanctuary is where is where God dwells in the midst of his people. Now, our churches today don't actually have sanctuaries. They have worship rooms. They have worship gathering spaces, but they're not sanctuaries. They're not places that are sanctified 
and set apart to be the presence of God in the midst of his people. Instead, the sanctuary today is the Holy Spirit dwelling in the heart of each believer. And then as believers gather together, it's the gathering together of temples, living temples, and also living stones of the temple. And God dwells in his people. God dwells in our midst. So whether we're gathering under a tree or in a field or in a barn or in a cathedral or in a country church or in a city space, wherever we are, God gathers together with his people. We are the, the, the living temple of the living God. The several parts of the tabernacle all have specific purposes in what they show us about God, about his nature, and pictures of the gospel as well. So at the center of the tabernacle is the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, it's a box, right? But it's covered in gold. It's carried on poles. It's overshadowed with cherubim. And it has a mercy seat in, in the middle made of pure gold. So this represents the presence of God, the very presence of God in the midst of his people. It represents the footstool of God. It's a box because it... It represents the idea this is where God's feet, his throne is in the heavens, and this is where his feet touch the earth, is in the mercy seat. And where you would come to the foot of a king to plead for mercy, you would, you would bow down at his feet and you would plead for mercy from the king. We can think of the woman, uh, the sinful woman uh, in Jesus' day who came to him and who anointed his feet with, with perfume and washed them with her tears and dried them with her hair. She was coming to the feet of the king to plead for mercy, and she was overwhelmed with gratitude for how much she had been forgiven. So the mercy seat is there, and it's all covered in pure gold. Notice everything inside the tabernacle is either made of pure gold or covered in pure gold. Because gold, when it's, when it's polished up, it reflects light in a way that glows. It glows with a glory, right? There's, there's, there's color, there's light, there's a, a feeling of warmth. It, it, has, it has this fire-like sense to it. And it is, it is a reflection of the glory of God. So the mercy seat sits between the law of God, which inside the ark is going to be the testimony, which will be the Ten Commandments written on two tablets of stone, and so between the law of God and the high priest representing the people of God is the mercy seat, which only once a year would the high priest have access to the mercy seat and he would always sprinkle the blood of atonement. So blood would make atonement for the people who had violated God's law and who needed mercy from the high king. Of course, that's a picture of what Christ would do for us on the cross when he makes perfect atonement. And you have the cherubim, Right there, they represent the throne of God in heaven, where there are four living creatures around the throne of God. Here, there are there are two cherubim over the mercy seat, and the mercy seat's on top of that ark. Then you have a table. There's a table where you would have bread, right? The bread of the presence. So the bread of the of of. Uh, the presence represents the Christ, of course, who is the bread of life. And so this table, which has the bread, which is offered before God, it represents Christ, who is God's bread to us 
and also represents our righteousness before God as our great high priest. Notice that both the ark and the table have rings on either side and poles for acacia wood to carry them. Poles of acacia wood overlaid with gold. These articles of furniture within the tabernacle were not to be touched by God's people, for God is holy, holy, holy. So the fact that they're covered in gold shows the glory of God, and the fact that they were not to be touched by God's people and carried about were symbolizes the holiness of God. And so you have these poles, and we know that when God's people departed from this procedure, like David bringing the ark up into Jerusalem on an ox cart instead of on the poles carried by the Levites, they got in trouble, right? And God judged them for that because God's holiness and his glory are absolute and uncompromised. And then the third major piece of furniture we see here in chapter 25 is the lampstand of pure gold, which has uh, seven lamps, right, that, that burn with fire. We're told in Revelation that the Holy Spirit is sevenfold spirit, right, going out from the throne of God into all the world. And seven is this number of the divine work. And so the mercy seat represents the, the feet of God the Father, where atonement is made before the holiness of God for our sin. The bread of the presence represents God the Son in the bread of life. And the lampstand represents God, the Holy Spirit, who illuminates, who illuminates all. Without the presence of the Holy Spirit, everything would be dark. We wouldn't be able to see. We wouldn't know what was going on. And the Holy Spirit is the one who gives illumination and who shines the light of God so that we can see and we can know God. So we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit represented in the mercy seat and in the uh, bread of the presence and in the uh, fire of the lampstand and the seven seven lampstands. And notice that the lampstand is beautiful. It's like a tree. It's like a flowering tree, like an almond tree, which should hearken us back to the tree of life, which is in the midst of the Garden of Eden that the people of God were excluded from when Adam and Eve sinned and they were kicked out of the garden and the cherubim guarded the way. So we have cherubim here, just like cherubim guarded the way to the tree of life. You have a picture of the tree of life in the lampstand, which also represents the Holy Spirit, who is the giver of life. So all of this is being shown. And notice at the very end of the chapter, God says to Moses, see that you make them after the pattern for them, which is shown you on the mountain. There's a pattern that God is revealing in these things. And so everything is really important. And God impresses on Moses how important it is to make them after the pattern shown to him. Now, Hebrews tells us that this pattern is actually a reflection of how the heavenly sanctuary is, where Christ entered on our behalf and where he sits as high priest at the right hand of the throne of God and where there's an altar before the throne where the saints make intercession and the incense is lifted up as the prayers of God's people. So what we have in the tabernacle is a picture on earth of heaven. It's a reflection so you see, you've seen maybe pictures of like a, a lake in the mountains that's so clear that you see the mountains reflected in the lake and you see this sort of double vision. It's almost hard to tell which one is the real and which one is the reflection. Now this is, the earthly tabernacle was a, a dim reflection, but it was still a reflection of heavenly realities in earthly form. And so every aspect of this, the glory, the holiness, the blood of atonement, the bread of life, the light of God, 
seven lampstands, the tree of life, all of this is so rich in telling us that God is holy, that he is glorious, that blood is needed to make atonement, that the bread of life is is both given to the people, uh, the priests, and given to uh, God as an offering that uh, represents the body of Christ. And then we need the Holy Spirit's illumination. All of these things are showing us who God is, what God is like, and how we may approach him, which is ultimately going to be fulfilled in Christ. So it's a great picture. We'll continue unfolding it tomorrow as we look at chapter 26. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the picture of your throne room and the picture of the gospel that you gave us in the tabernacle. Help us to understand and appreciate and and to deeply respond to these things from the heart that we would worship you in the beauty of holiness, that we would love you for your glory and majesty, that we would know our need for Christ and his atoning blood and for the bread of life to nourish us and for the Holy Spirit to illuminate us and that we would desire to be in your presence and that we would know that it is only through your mercy and your Son and your Spirit that we can draw near to you in worship. We praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me today for day 116, Exodus 25. Tomorrow, day 117, will take us to Exodus 26. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm-hmm.